Welcome to the Jinx Dance Media Podcast. This is your host, Jude, and this is where I'll be chatting to you about how to design and create high-quality dance events and creative dance content. I'll be covering topics ranging from fundraising, marketing, production, content creation, design, and so much more so that you can have all the tools and resources you need to stand out and build genuine connections with your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's podcast episode. If you've been tuning in regularly to my podcast, you may have noticed a bit of a change in my posting schedule the past couple of weeks in that I haven't really published anything. So I've actually made the decision to start doing bi-weekly episodes instead, and will be publishing on Wednesdays instead of Mondays. I'm doing this because as of this moment, doing weekly episodes has been consuming almost all of my spare time, and I just want to free up some of my time so that I can work on additional content for you all outside of just this podcast. So just wanted to give you guys that update, and now that that's out of the way, let's jump into this week's episode. So last episode, we talked about the qualities and skills you yourself will need as an event organizer. And this week, I want to to kind of segue to talking about the team you should surround yourself with and the importance of recognizing your strengths and weaknesses and then delegating roles and tasks accordingly to maximize your own strengths and the strengths of your whole team as well. So I think it's important to mention that you cannot organize an event alone. There are just too many moving pieces to an event And while you may wear many hats as an event organizer, you can't be in two places at once, especially on the day of the actual event. Additionally, trying to do too much at once on your own will only ensure that you can only give a small percent of your effort to each, as opposed to 100% of your effort to one thing. Therefore, the quality of the work that you're doing will more than likely suffer as well. So whether you're working with people that you hire or you have a group of volunteers, there are certain roles that you absolutely have to fill. There are roles that if you're able to delegate will help you maximize the potential of your event. And then um, I'm also going to be mentioning a few just additional, it's nice to have um, roles as well. So I wanted to start by talking about the roles you'll need to fill during the planning process. You may choose to take on multiple of these roles, especially in the beginning if you don't have as many people helping you. But if you do, it's important to give yourself more time to plan so you're not overwhelmed or dropping the ball on stuff. And also recognize that you may not be able to do everything at 100%, so you're going to have to be able to prioritize really heavily. So to start, you'll need someone to handle production and event logistics. This is my personal specialty, and it usually involves all of the back-end stuff that needs to happen to make an event run smoothly. Usually, if you're in this role, you'll be in charge of securing the venue, any equipment rentals, dealing with contracts, supplies lists, registration and check-in processes, payments and invoices, floor plans, creating the run of show or the timeline for your event, and other administrative tasks. If you're someone who's really skilled at project management and is very detail-oriented, this is usually a good role for you. If you don't like being in the weeds or managing the back-end stuff, then this likely would not be a good fit for you. 
Next, you'll need someone to handle marketing and promotion. This usually involves managing social media, print promotion or signage, working with sponsors, email marketing, website management, paid ads, analytics and research, brainstorming creative marketing concepts, and sometimes even PR, or getting your event featured on websites, blogs, radios, or other mediums, things like that. So usually within marketing, a lot of people will specialize, and this is this goes for all roles, but um, just for example, some people are more interested in the creative side of marketing, such as social media or content creation, while others are gonna be more interested in the technical side, such as paid ads, analytics and research, so on and so forth. Some people will also specialize specifically in PR, sponsorship, content writing, and strategy. Um, so those are all different like specializations within marketing as well. When you're first starting out, you more than likely won't have a full marketing team, of course, um, but it's good to be aware that there are many different elements to marketing and that usually people will really dive deep into one um, or just a couple of them instead of like just having one person to do all of these very, very different um, areas of expertise. So next is design or content creation. Similar to marketing, design or content creation is as diverse in roles as it is in mediums through which you can create stuff. So for example, there is photography, videography, editing, motion graphics or animation, sculpting, 3D modeling, graphic design, and so much more. At a minimum, I think you should have a graphic designer for your promotional materials and a photographer and videographer for your day of event. But obviously, if you know folks with a creative talent, it's always really cool to incorporate unique stuff into your event as well. So having, you know, someone do, you know, live art is always really fun at a dance event. Um, and there's all other sorts of things, you know, if you want to get trophies made, if you want to get sculptures made, necklaces made. Um, there are so many people in the dance community that have like other talents um, within like the design and content creation and just like arts spectrum of roles that you can really um, utilize to actually add that unique factor to your event that maybe some other events don't have. So next um, you have talent management, which typically deals with recruiting artists for your event. So your judges, MCs, DJs, and battle guests and then working with them to get any assets you might need, such as headshots, videos, bios, and then arranging flights, lodging, travel to and from the venue, making sure they're fed and well taken care of while at your event, and so on and so forth. This role typically requires a lot more customer service and hospitality, and you have to be pretty outgoing and friendly. So I recommend that you put someone in that role that kind of fits those attributes as well in order to maximize those strengths. And the last major category I usually like to include is fundraising or donor management. This is usually more applicable to those in the nonprofit route, but I think it's important to mention regardless. Usually this role will be responsible for securing grants and maintaining donor relationships. So a lot of networking and communication is required. Sometimes I have seen people who fill this role um, who also overlap with sponsorship. However, it's important to understand that sponsorship and fundraising are two very different things. And sponsorship is more similar to marketing than it is to fundraising. So 
Obviously, there are a lot more roles that you may need for your event depending on the level of complexity, um, such as a lighting designer, lighting tech, event designer, you know, which includes overall decor um, and more. But I think that these buckets tend to cover most of the more essential roles. In addition to these like internal roles you'll need to cover, you'll also have external roles you need to fill for battle. Um, which is obviously your talent, so things that we've mentioned, such as your MC, judges, DJs, um, and any other featured artists, if you have any showcases, anything like that, you'll need to make sure that you are finding the right people to fit those roles as well. So, as far as the day of the event is concerned, if you're the primary person producing the event, you want to make sure you don't give yourself too much stuff to do because typically there will be things that pop up and you'll need to be free to deal with them. You may need to support in multiple areas as the main coordinator. So usually like for myself, I will actually assign myself as like a floater for most of the event. And that way I can kind of move around as needed and just support where needed. Um, but also make sure that like I'm not stuck on any particular roles such as like check-in for example or minding a vending table or dealing with talent that way like if I do need to leave like I have the option to do that if something pops up. So it's important that you're mindful of this um, when you're assigning major roles to other people as well. For example, I've seen some events where the organizer is also a judge <laughs> which is you know, maybe a great way to save money, but probably not the best way to delegate roles and tends to lead to very like disorganized um, event because they're not actually present in their role as the organizer because they're really busy trying to focus on judging the dancers. I've also seen similar issues with this where like maybe the MC or the DJ is also battling themselves, um, which is not great because then you're not really focused on like the role that you are there to do. Um, so making sure that you are actually delegating these roles and not um, assigning major roles to the same person is really, really important um, because then you're just gonna let other things slip in the process and you won't truly be focused. So as much as possible, you wanna give people at your event one primary role or focus. Um, if you have them doing too much, it will be really hard to prioritize and you may only be able to give partial effort to each thing you're doing instead of being fully focused on your primary role. Roles besides just your DJs, MCs, and judges include things like having a timekeeper. Um, so I've seen events where they don't have a timekeeper. And then um, there's actually one event that I went to a few years ago before the pandemic. And the organizer, who was also the MC, was like, oh... Who, who wants to be my timekeeper? Like asking the uh, audience, like the attendees for someone to be the timekeeper. And it was just extremely awkward and uncomfortable because it's like, you really didn't plan to have someone to be your timekeeper. And now you're asking your attendees who are here to enjoy the event to work for you. So it was a little weird. Um, and yeah, so just making sure that you think about those like smaller roles as well. But other roles that you need to make sure you're filling are having people on check-in, having people monitor vending tables if you have any, having a videographer, photographer, and having someone whose like sole purpose is to post to social media throughout the event. Um, that's a really good one as well uh, to have if you can and you have the spare hands. Um, you'll also want to have someone help the judges tally scores, 
create the brackets and potentially even have someone on standby to like bring water refills or snacks um, for your judges, MCs, or like DJs, um, especially if they're going to be sitting in one place for an extended period of time and can't get up to go get these things themselves. So making sure that you have people to fill like these little tiny roles and these tiny details that like I don't think not everyone really thinks through um, at some of the events that I have been to personally. So making sure that you are thinking about all of these little roles as well is super, super important. Um, you may also need people before and after the event for things like transporting your artists to the venue, transporting equipment or supplies to the venue, and with setup and loadout. Usually I will make a list of all the things that need to get done for these. Um, and assign roles of who is responsible for what from setting up lights, curtains, all the way to little things like cleaning up trash and sweeping the space. Additionally, placing people in these roles based on their strengths and interests will help too. If someone is more extroverted or enjoys working with people more, put them in those roles where they're going to be working directly with the artist or they're going to be working check-in. Um, if someone is more organized or is creative, put them in more of a backstage role, working logistics or making them your social media person. Um, these things are really, really important um, because you don't just want people assigned to stuff that they're not good at or things that they're just not interested in. Putting them in a role that they genuinely enjoy is obviously going to help them be more invested as well. So now you may be asking, how do I find people to fill all of these roles? Because we've talked about a lot of different roles. Um, so my biggest piece of advice is to network with people outside of the dance scene. Um, if you listen to my podcast episode with 10k movements, Samac, you may have heard us talk about this a little bit, but, um, we basically were just talking about it's how it's important to find people who are fans of the dance and not necessarily dancers themselves because dancing in and of itself is a full-time job and dancers typically want to dance <laughs> instead of doing all these other things that they're being asked to do in an event um, or they might even just want to like you know be there enjoying the event and not necessarily interested in you know doing social media or filming or doing like these back-end logistics and things like that so Finding people who are fans of the dance and want to support that, but maybe aren't dancers themselves. And not only because, um, you know, it's not that dancers aren't capable of these things, because they are. And we've talked about this on my other episode with Sam X. So I highly recommend you go back and listen if you haven't already. But um, it's not that dancers aren't capable, but they might just have different priorities. And so making sure that you find people as well who have like these talents um, outside of just dance. So like finding people who are really good at design, finding people who are really good at art, finding people who are really good at music, um, or finding people who are just like very good at event organizing and they also enjoy dance is a really great way to actually like broaden your horizons and find support for your event that um, you may not be able to find just by asking other dancers around you. So I think that's super important and I highly recommend that, you know, if you don't already have some of those connections, go out and like start making them. Um, go to other events and just like start talking to people or um, look up like different non-dance events in your city and how you can meet people like that. 
Um, or just talk to people in your everyday life and you might be surprised about what kind of talents like people have. So, well, that is all that I have for this week's podcast episode. I hope that this was helpful for you all. I know it was a bit brief compared to some of my past episodes, but, um, yeah, I've just been having a bit of a crazy time lately and with restructuring the podcast, um, to being bi-weekly as well as doing on Wednesdays, just trying to get in the groove of doing this again. And yeah, I have some other really great content in the work for you guys. So definitely stay tuned. Next week, we will be bringing on another podcast guest. So definitely stay tuned for that. I think it's going to be super valuable for you all. So yeah, thanks again so much for joining. If you want to connect with me or if you have any more questions about this episode or any of the other episodes, just reach out to me at JinxDanceMedia on Instagram or on my website, JinxDanceMedia.com. And be sure to rate my podcast five stars if you've not done so already. All right. Thank you guys. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.